Welcome back to episode 6. If you've listened to the past episodes, you will have heard some of the love letters from Pascal. Three months had passed since we first met in France, and it was clear that Pascal was yearning for me to return, and I was cautiously optimistic, but also eager to do the same. Since we met, Pascal and I had built a warm relationship through our letter exchanges, and now we were ready to take the next step. So it was time for me to plan a second trip to Paris. But unlike the first trip, this wasn't going to be a weekend sightseeing trip to explore the city. This time, I was going to live in Pascal's apartment and spend quality time with him. This trip would either bring us closer together or set us further apart. From the start, Pascal and I had always been on the same page about the two of us being open to something long-term. I'd even made the effort to learn more at the French language so that it would work in our favor. I was sincere about developing the relationship further and I felt that the connection we made with each other was more than just a fling. In fact, I was even open to moving permanently to France if things went well. However, if things didn't work out, then I would rather have had the memories with him than not to have had them at all. This encounter had already enhanced my life in countless ways. Paris, the 3rd of May, 1990. Sebastian, may I still tell you that I love you? And this time, at the beginning of the letter. You're silly. Why would you like to go to a hotel? I'm telling you, and keep repeating it, you're welcome here, whenever and for how long you want. Disappointed. I am disappointed that you can't come to Paris before the 24th of May. Disappointed because this date is far away, and that you're only going to stay for four days in France. Fear. Always scared. Scared of reading the word end in one of your letters one day. I am scared of showing my feelings too much and my true personality. I have learned with time and through my different failures that human beings can't stand weak people. If I was really telling you what I am feeling, I would take the risk of pushing you away. I don't want that. Angst. I would like you to stay in Paris to be a success. Maybe I won't meet your expectations. Maybe you will be disappointed. Pessimistic. My only problem is that I have feelings for you and when we love a person, we fear of losing them. Pleasure. The picture with the text you sent to me, roses are my favorite flowers. Happy. Happy that things could work between us, I hope. Hope. Hope that we'll be able to live together one day. Sad. Sad again. If you would have come this weekend, we would have had four days off. Me. What to say about myself? Didn't I say anything about me? Yet all those words. Am I really ambiguous? I don't think so. I can't talk about myself all the time. What's the point? 
Until I was 20 years old, I didn't really want to exist. I wanted to be a camera to shoot, to shoot without saying that I was a human being too. I haven't changed except on one point. I wish to live a life full of experiences and not the daily grind. Here a French expression, metro, boulot, dodo. Last paragraph about us. Me and you, you and me. Me, I thought that I can follow someone and their dreams. My wish. Would you like to know what I really want? If I tell you, you'll be scared and will run away from me. Simply, I have already told you. My biggest wish is to share somebody's life for better and for worse. The country, the color of the skin, the religion, and all kinds of problems don't matter. To create something together, to try to understand each other, to be tolerant of someone else. Actually, what I'd like but can't tell you yet, that person, that human being, that man, is you. Don't think I'm telling stories again. Please trust me, but don't always wait for me to say the words that you would like to read. To sum up, you're welcome here. P.S. Bravo, you wrote in French. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes. I'll give you private lessons. As I'm hearing Pascal's letters now, I have to admit that back in the 90s, it seemed that I was very cynical about the relationship. Pascal implied this a few times in his letters and tried to reassure me that he wasn't exaggerating or making up stories when he declared his love. Obviously, there must have been a fair bit of cynicism in my letters to him. I have to confess that maybe I was a little cynical about his love. You see, I had an idea of how I expected relationships to work. I believed that great things took time, including relationships. But everything seemed to be moving fast with Pascal. It's like the poem of Solomon Grundy, who lives and dies his entire life in one single week. Born on a Monday, christened on a Tuesday, but in my case, my version would be met Pascal on Monday, married him on Tuesday, and so on. Gosh, I was definitely cynical. But remember, this was my first courtship with a man, so maybe I was afraid to put myself out there and take a chance on male love. It was one thing to start having sexual contact with a man, but a relationship is something different. Imagine the message I was giving off to Pascal when I appeared suspicious and critical of his love. It explains why he had doubts about whether or not our relationship would work but I'm not going to be too hard on myself because I was young and very inexperienced at the time. And as the saying goes, if I knew then what I know now, things would probably be a lot different. 
I suppose that being cynical created a sort of bubble around me so that I felt safe and obviously self-righteous as opposed to being vulnerable. I know now that when we wrap ourselves so deeply in doubt and criticism, it can be difficult to see the good in others. It's better to be open and unguarded and then we're more likely to find what we want instead of allowing ourselves to become hardened by cynicism and fixed in our point of view. At the end of the day, being open-minded and optimistic is good for relationships. It's a shame it took me 30 years to realize that. Oh, to be young again and to understand love. Actually, it didn't really take me 30 years. It just sounds more dramatic when I put it like that. Maybe on a deeper level, I suffered from low self-esteem. As a young man, I was never really satisfied with my physical appearance. I guess it's quite common to think that when you're young. The fear that being fat or not having the perfect physique could result in no one wanting us. When I was with Pascal, I was about 14 stones. That's about 93 kgs. I often looked in the mirror and would think of all the things I wanted to change about my body. So I tried all sorts of fad diets and weight loss gimmicks, such as running in sweatsuits, drinking slimming tea, taking diet pills, and going on crash diets. When we constantly think about food and body weight, it can lead to feelings of inadequacy and low self-esteem. There are studies that suggest that body issue is more of a problem in the gay community. That's because when it comes to appearance, gay men hold themselves and one another to far more exacting standards. So much is made of our physique, muscle size, definition, pecs, abs, biceps, etc. that many gay men feel under intense pressure to have a good body. A part of this obsession comes from the need to seek validation and acceptance from the gay community, and this can lead to an unhealthy fixation with our appearance. Not much has changed since I was a lad, because today you could argue that there's more pressure on young people to have a body beautiful. There are thousands of images of perfect bodies promoted on social media, and that's sure to fuel a lot more insecurities among the youth. It seems people are so preoccupied with the body and nothing else, and it's so shallow. We're all beautiful in our own way, and we shouldn't just be focused on our looks. So when I was with Pascal, I must have felt the need to conform to a physical standard. Pascal had a great body, but I felt a little overweight and wondered whether Pascal preferred the body beautiful. I shared this insecurity with him in my next letter. This was his response.
Paris, the 7th of May 1990. To my little piggy called Sebastian. It's me again. If my letter bothers you, you can tear it up or put it in a freezer to keep the news fresh. Well, I wanted to talk to someone. It's the weekend, all my friends are off work or are gone for the weekend. I also had the opportunity to go away, but I have decided to stay here. Easy solution. I didn't want to see people. Loneliness has its setbacks. I am feeling lonely, desperately lonely. What to do? I'm alone in my life. I'm useless. I won't share my mood. The phone has rung twice. My morale has raised. In addition, I watched a great movie, Torch Song Trilogy, at the movie theater. I don't understand what torch means. This movie made me think about you. I miss you, you're so far away. I feel hopeless. I can't say or write as I would like to what I'm feeling. It's 11.30pm. I'm going to bed. To sleep is the best remedy to get rid of anxieties that I experience some nights. Should I rip this letter up or should I send it to you? I don't want you to have a negative image of me. I needed to feel your presence this evening. To get in touch with you, I took a pen. So I get my confidence back. It's enough. If you watch Torch Song, you'll understand. Go and watch this movie. I give you lots of kisses. I miss you. P.S. Even though you've gained weight, I will forget that you have extra pounds. I don't care, actually. But be wary. We make ham of a pig. Of Sebastian, though, I'll make my companion. When I remember Pascal, he didn't strike me as the type of guy who'd feel lonely or depressed. But evidently, he was when he wrote that letter. Loneliness can be soul-destroying. You can live a busy life in the city and meet lots of people, but still get incredibly lonely. I can remember being in large clubs, surrounded by friends, and still feeling lonely. Loneliness is not just about sitting at home in solitude. You can feel alone in a crowd. In the 90s, gay men experienced a lot more rejection in society than they do today. The negative culture of homosexuality made an impact on many men. No one wanted to be called a faggot or batty man, or to be seen as being one. So there was the pressure to keep your sexuality secret from your own family and friends. I recall that Pascal wasn't out to his parents, so this would have added to his stress and mental well-being. We'll talk more about the topic of loneliness and mental health in the next episode. If you're interested in watching the film that Pascal mentioned in his letter, it's called Torch Song Trilogy, and it was released in 1988. You can find a link to the film in the show notes. 
And if you'd like to get in touch with me to share your thoughts about anything covered in this podcast series, send me an email. Send it to gayloveletters at gmail.com. You can also find the address in the show notes for this episode. I hope I haven't finished on a downer with all the talk about depression and loneliness. I'm a glasses half full sort of a guy, and I encourage you to be the same. So keep your head up, and I'll catch you next time.